Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts dynastyleaguefootball.com in case the acronym doesn't work for you uh this concludes our four part it turned out to be a podcast and uh, of a conversation between me jacob rickroad and zach reed of the dynasty dummies podcast we get into a lot in here um going back over running back trends and also just production trends what i found really interesting listening back i thought might be the most interesting section would be uh when we were breaking down this year's rookie class in terms of certain moves we made in a rookie dress i think at some point we just forgot we were doing a podcast and we just end up talking to each other i think that's clear throughout most of this and also what made it kick so much ass I'm going to let it run a little long just to get the full conversation out there. This one's going to be about 40 minutes or so. Um, I did want to say I made a comment in this one where I said, I get so much right. It's what I meant, but it's not what I meant. Um, I'm talking about bucketing players that are likely breakouts and possibly uh, outproducing their ADP. Uh, Some of those hit, and I don't get the ones that I want on my roster. So it's not like I accurately predict the future. To be clear, but I get close enough that it feels frustrating that I didn't get more of them on my Dynasty rosters because I didn't find the right trades or I wasn't good enough at the right trades. Uh, I wanted to throw that caveat out there because it's added even more arrogant than I'm willing to. Um, But anyway, apart from that, I think this section is... If not the strongest, at least just as strong as the first three. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and learn some at once. I am one of those skeptical of status quo. Lazy and to the bone, no doubt about it. Sometimes I grind my Excel sheets. Sometimes pour cold water on heat When the mass not adding up You said I'm checking out I'm just fine Welcome to the ground Sorry, I was, I was just looking at my overall <laughs> point scored. You and your spreadsheets or I'm going to bounce you around divisions. If you want to keep this organized, you best name. We can keep going. We can keep talking about this. So, but that's why, like, let, let's come back to Wilson. I think Wilson could be QB, QB1 this year. I really yeah. do. Um, that lineup is just so good. He's got two great running backs. I don't care what anybody thinks about Melvin Gordon. He's still good. And is they're going to trust him he can catch. It feels weird that we were there was more people more hyped for Stafford than Wilson this year. Like that's the same thing, <laughs> but we've always known that Wilson was great and Stafford was good, and yet we expected so much from the Rams last year to the point where I was like, maybe we're being a little too helpful. But Cooper Cup makes us forget that people thought it was going to be Robert Woods as well, because that was an amazing year. <laughs> to be fair, and this year. Like like we said about Sutton and Judy, both are pretty decent values this year if it happens. Like it does it feels like people were more hyped for Stafford than they are Wilson, and I don't get that. 
Like it's the same thing. Surely. So just look at the last two years. So Brady goes to Tampa, they win a Super Bowl. Stafford goes to the Rams, they win a Super Bowl. If <laughs> Wilson insane. goes deep in the playoffs, it the the, the blueprint's out. The NFL is going to be all in on veteran quarterbacks. I'm serious. Like, you know, and there's going to some of these guys are their contracts will be coming up. You know, maybe Kirk Cousins gets a big one. I don't know where he's at in his contract, but there's that'll be the, the it's a copycat league, right? You're going to see Rogers that. once had a Green Bay, my man. Yes. That would be the other guy, though, right? I mean, I like Kirk Cousins. I'm not sure the NFL is as hot on them, but it's, Rogers is the last of the great old quarterbacks who hasn't moved, right? Right. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head who would move. I mean, Matt Ryan's gone to the Colts, and like I said, people are just not excited about that at all. <laughs> I guess understandably, but I, I think you're right. They're a little too low on him. Um. I have no good segue. What do you all think of Rashad Bateman? Like, as talking about not being part of the analytics community, we I'm fight. I've been fighting the analytics community on Rashad Bateman a lot. So, <laughs> so I have some. So pretty no strong one let feelings. me like him. They all want to rank him way higher than I think is reasonable. <laughs> so um, I tweeted this. Uh, RG three tweeted out something about Hollywood Brown leaving Baltimore because mm-hmm. of Gregory, because it's not a passing offense. It's a running offense. Right. And if you look at Greg Roman's history, I, I tweeted this last year. I don't know he has like 800, eight, 300 yard games total in his nine year history as a, as a offensive coordinator. I mean, horrible, right? Tyrod Taylor did nothing. Kaepernick did not have any big, very few big games, you know, and then he goes with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has two 300 yard games, two in his career. How is that possible? And it's because Greg Roman just wants to run the ball, right? That's why Mark Ingram was a 30-year-old top 12 running back two years ago, you know? So Isn't this and, why and I had to RG3 so tweeted this out. <laughs> no, I had to fight so hard to get anyone to believe that Marcus Brown could get into the top 24 if circumstances allowed the passing volume to increase enough. And and then it happened. And he leaves, and still no one likes Marcus Brown, and everyone thinks Rashad Bateman's going to do it, even though it's probably going to regress from last season. Like I'm like, where, where are your heads at? You know, I don't. <laughs> I'm get into that I, headspace. I'm expecting more with less. <laughs> it's always the next big thing, Peter. Yep, because he's sexy, right? He's he's very Cindy. Very cool. <laughs> he's a very cool prospect. Great rookie profile. Tyler Johnson was yeah. done dirty by the NFL. He proves it. And just slipping <laughs> that one under the radar there. I um, was so disappointed the Patriots didn't take Tyler Johnson. They passed on two I in a row. And I was like, oh, that'd be perfect. I really, during the draft, I really thought that was going to happen when he started to fall that far. Yeah. I was like, it's going to be Patriots. That'd be great. No. He's not a slot wide receiver. I mean, where would they work? <laughs> See, and I think there's players that, that were very talented but just never got the right shot or they didn't land in the right I'm spot, you know? I'm utterly convinced that there are players in the league yeah. with low draft capital. I mean, Danny Woodhead bounced around for how long? And that's just a running back. I think Adam Thielen's lucky he's from Minnesota. I think he's real lucky he's from Minnesota, so he had that heartwarming local boy story to go with him. I mean, like you said about Doug Baldwin, uh, you said it wouldn't happen anywhere else, but the fact he can do it meant that he could do it. And 
like that was luck of the draw, you know? So yeah, I'm absolutely convinced there are. <clears throat> yeah, that's why like I, I just don't always fall for the talent because yeah. the NFL littered with talented guys that never did anything, you know, for, for a, a litany of reasons, right? And that's why we have these wide receivers. 10% of the wide receivers have 85% of the production. That's insane, right? That's such a small group. And that's why it's so much easier to pick from that group than it is to pick the new ones to enter. That doesn't mean you don't take shots, but how many of these wide receivers are going to It's especially true because, again, I think the interesting thing to me is how many aren't going to be well-valued by year three. Like Rashad Bateman is overvalued by year two, but when he doesn't do it this year, he'll start to be undervalued. It's like the rookies this year. I'm out. I'm like, I'm, I'm selling hard. I would trade all of them for my breakout candidates and Devontae Smith and I'm right. Like get out. But ne- this time next year, if they do, and they should disappoint, there'll be values again. <laughs> so, like increasingly I'm going with season instead of career art increasingly because you know, what? and it's getting it to be, it's getting to be predictable too, because you have, everyone's so plugged in now with fantasy football, with, with dynasty with, and so you have not only the micro markets within the season that are easy to predict, but we, we talked about don't, don't trade for Elijah Moore before the draft, wait until the draft happens. And you've seen his, his ADP just plummet. You can go trade for Elijah Moore now and, and just, you know, absolutely steal him. And, and it's exactly like what you're saying is we have this – we got spoiled. We got spoiled with A.J. Brown. We got spoiled with Justin Jefferson. We got spoiled with Jamar Chase. And if a, a wide receiver comes in and doesn't have one of those seasons, then all of a sudden their value goes way down. And, and you can – I mean, Bateman's would have been, aside from the Marque, Marquise Brown trade, like before Marquise Brown got traded, Bateman's ADP was nowhere. And then all of a sudden Brown went and everyone's like, oh, well, Bateman, Bateman's got a shot now. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty um, easy I to. The, I think my only difficult thing is I get so much right every year and I fail to execute on assembling the team I want. I, like it's, <laughs> it's so hard to assemble the teams that I want because ADP is easy to read and these values are easy to read. And then I go try and do it in my leagues and everyone's like, nah, nah I'm not one of them. You know what I mean? It's like so it's hard to get so much right and still not be able to get it right. You know what I mean? What you need to do, we should do this as an experiment. You need to you need to get a team in a league, draft it, and then let Dynasty Outhouse listen to your podcast <laughs> and just make moves based on that and, and see what happens because he's he's a genius when it comes to trading and, and finagling you know where he wants to be. I it would be an interesting an interesting experiment. That does sound like I was saying I would win every year if people would just trade it. And that's not true. Like, I'm expecting to really suck this year. I got way too much right last year. I believe in regression <laughs> in all things. And uh, I, I'm, the, ma- the maddest I am at myself right now is I didn't lean into our Cooper Cup take. Oh, you should have. Yeah. And I just never met. Like, that's the one I missed from last year. And I'm like, oh, oh that would be totally <laughs> Because that's what I'm pretty much I got, and so I'm gonna get everything wrong this year. <laughs> I doubt that. I, I I'm sure you'll figure um, some things out. Um, and coming back to 
I know I'm on no. Juju. <laughs> and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. They've let me down three years in a yes. row. Let's go. <laughs> but Juju's that guy, that third year guy, right? And he's left dead, you know? And I, I keep coming back to the 2014 class. Like everybody loved Sammy Watkins. Okay. He was like the number one pick in most of my leagues. And then that second year he blew up. Remember he had like a just crazy yeah, yeah. year with, with Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> Ever since then, it's been just a joke. We've been chasing it and it never happened again. Then you had Mike Evans, who was great from the start. Brandon Cooks was really good in year two. Jordan Matthews actually flashed. So yeah. he was he was hot for a moment because that second year he hit 16. I still think he was the best, one of the best players from that class. Oh, I'm so disappointed <laughs> that he because I loved him. Um, Calvin Benjamin he hit his in knee year in one, the right? Yeah. Um, the yeah. best, but the best player in that class was Devonte Adams, who was terrible was two years. until year three. Right? Yeah. He was so and then, was terrible was so and arguably with the, a great the, quarterback. I'll point out, <laughs> right? Right with the best quarterback, um, and then <laughs> OBJ was in there, who was just lights out, and then but Jarvis Landry was the late second round pick. That ended up being like just as good as any of those other guys in the first round. Better, right? Yeah. Really. So, I I don't know. You can't no, give up on these guys with, too early. I wish I could... but... Okay, here we go. Yeah. Um, no, I was struck looking back. Um, can you remember what year it was, Zach? But I said there was a. I'd have to look again. Um, but like the best draft class wasn't the 2014 draft class. Looking back, it took a few years. I can't remember what year it was. They actually had more top 12 play, wide receivers, multiple top 12 seasons on it. And it's really striking how if you just waited out, like everything we thought was right, even as it was going on, was wrong. Consistent. <laughs> hey, Editing Pete here. I, I don't exactly know what I was going on about there. I'm pretty sure I've got a faint memory while talking to my friends about a bit of content I did um, not so long ago on YouTube about how classes evolve over the first three years and what looks like a good class can turn into a bad one and vice versa. But yeah, um, the 2014 wide receiver class has produced the most wide receivers with two top 12 seasons and it's joint first actually with 2010. What I do find interesting uh, looking back on it again is 2015 and 16 both summarily described as like down years after the great 2014 wide receiver class. Each of those years produced three and then four top 24 players. In fact, 2016 has produced two top 12 players um, with multiple years as well. You have to have two years at that particular uh, position rank in order to count as a hit. And so 2015 and 16, as time ticked on, eventually did create good wide receivers. Um, several of them from both classes were undrafted, however, which I think is um, part of my memory as well. It is interesting that 2018 and 19 class were both described as better wide receiver classes. And that's partly what I'm about to talk. I think I mentioned it with Zach in the episode. Like part of that has been injury. But so far, they have been extremely down years compared to even 2015, 16, and 2017. Um, like only 2019 has produced three top 24 wide receivers. Neither of those classes, 18 and 19, that is, have produced two, have produced a single wide receiver or multiple top 12 seasons. Again, DJ Moore has been stuck in touchdown hell and Cavan Ridley got suspended for a year. 
Um, and of course, 2020 and 2021 class, where we are right now. But I think it's a memory of when, you know, we used to think of 15 to 17 as this terrible wide receiver era for the drafts, but they've been better than both 18 and 19, who were both described, and I think often felt that we feel now that they were better classes. Um, and I think that's what I'm going on about. Anyway, back to the uh, back to the episode. Rookies are frustrating. Um, it wasn't 2016. It wasn't 2015 <laughs> either. Because 2015 was like Amari Cooper and that's it. Um, 2018? Yeah, and then we've got 2008. No, because that was Ridley and Moore and they both yeah. kind of tanked the class together. I mean... I'd have to look it up. I know 2017. 20, 2019 was a pretty good class. Debo... AJ Brown, Debo, um, DK Metcalf. That was a pretty good class for receivers, right? Deontay yeah. Johnson, Harry McLar- McLaren. That was a good class. Hunter Renfro was in that class too. I forget. You got 2010 uh, had five. And 2000, yeah, that 2010 that had five. And 2014's awesome. got five. Yeah, 14 had five. 2010 had Antonio Brown, Demarius Thomas, Des Bryant, Golden Tate, Emmanuel Sanders, Eric Decker, stacked. Yeah. yeah. Stacked. And that was also Gronk's class and Jimmy Graham. And, Her- and Hernandez because they, they took both That's of those right. guys in that. I was I was crestfallen that the Patriots didn't take Golden Tate and then they went uh, Gronk and Hernandez. I was like, oh, I guess we're all right. But And you were. Yeah. <laughs> But I cheated. Yeah, I had really I had Peter's I had Peter's data, so I, I cheated. I I looked I looked up on his, but I don't I don't have the spreadsheet going, so I don't have the lag. I just have a picture of <laughs> but Pete, like according Sorry, to my data, I it's about 20, 20 players a year that hit one season in the top twenty-four, and then two or more, it's like ten to twelve out of each class. Have more than two, right? But it's pretty static. Uh, wipe, if you look uh, at it over a decade, no, it's very, um, it's very inconsistent because it's very draft class dependent. But it's pretty consistent in terms of the number of hits per per class with multiple. Yeah, that's how I remember it. Yeah, and then the rookie year hits, it's they usually between four and six. You know, there's better years. I think 2020 had seven, but. I don't know. I, I look at those numbers and it's I'll I'll tweet you guys this this list. It's it's pretty static year after year. Um and picking is just it's it's still impossible. Obviously first round's better. But yeah, we get between three and six and we've got uh, what three blow up years to two thousand nine, two thousand ten, both had six and seven, and then two thousand fourteen had six with two or more top twenty four seasons got a couple gotcha. of years with four but i think three is a really reasonable expectation sorry my head's very much in seasonal data right now for i know for example we get on average six top 12 breakouts which blew my mind that 60 percent, like like 50 percent of the top 12 players are new to the top 12 every year that's definitely not what i've been what i've been thinking well between four and six like last year i think it was five are new you th- you say they're new yep okay so, and maybe we're in at the beginning of a cycle, right? We got all these young wide receivers that are just crushing right That's now. That's what I think. This, this is like that 2010, 2014 cycle. 
Well, yeah. and, and I, that's that was, exactly what I think. So, twenty fourteen cast is aging out. Like this is the end of their eight ten year cycle, which is why totally. I hate to say it, but like Team Old Guy with Mike Evans, those still in the top twenty four and top twelve, kind of fading. Like I don't expect too much more from them at this point, which is not coming. Yeah, but a couple. To say. A couple of those will do it. I mean, one or two. You know, Antonio Brown was still balling at thirty. I think 31. Mike Evans. I he right. he is, uh, I I have a, a, a there's another kid from Link, from from where I grew up that's doing a, a redraft podcast and I just I just uh, talked with him this weekend and he had his you know his top twelve list of of wide receivers for this year and I said I he had Mike Evans at like twelve and I'm like I Mike Evans is sneaky like top five redraft this year like that that could be a thing i honestly i think he could be qb1 you yeah. know he he could have a 20 touchdown season yeah it's in it yeah so and so with godwin missing maybe half the season yeah and, and yeah God, and godwin had led led the team in red zone targets like by and, a lot bronx gone yep so yeah, I mean, sorry. On average, forty percent of the top twelve receivers are breakouts, like four, four. Well, basically five. Sorry, it opened finally. Carry that's on. still a big number. I I didn't know it was that high. No, me neither. I had no idea. And um, but the thing is, like the last three years, like you said, we've been seeing that hit. Whereas two thousand eighteen, it was all the way down. To, like it does cycle again. Like we're. Right. Saying. Well, yeah, like Zach said, we're, we've been spoiled by AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson and uh, Chase, yeah, Chase, yeah, I mean, Chase and Waddle in the same and year. Waddle. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, god dang, very much so. Um, it's down to thirty percent in the top twenty-four, which I find interesting. It's one of the reasons I started shifting up to looking for higher upside at breakouts because there's a there's a lag when you get to the top twenty-four. The majority are very much proven producers. Um, but anyway, sorry, Karen. I didn't mean to get into that too much. No, I love it. You're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, and those, those rookie wide receivers that hit, they're sticky, man. Yeah. So that's why I keep coming back to Claypool. Um, I keep drafting him, thinking he could pop still, because he hit. He was 22 as, as a rookie. And that's – I mean, I know it's touchdown heavy, but – yeah, he's one of those guys in the right career year, and I'm just leaning on the points per game because I really don't see it happening. But that also means I have to lean away from Ayuk, and I kind of feel that one a little bit more. But yeah, I can see it, um, but I'm kind of out on it. Too many touchdowns. <laughs> and his was really interesting usage too. So like a, a few of the passing touchdowns were those little like pop pass jet sweep things when they're close to the end. Like they used him really well as a rookie. Uh, and they used him on, on jet sweeps as well, where like he had rushing touchdowns, but he also had a couple of those like little touch pass, pop pass uh, scores. So it's, it's hard for me to, I, I did like, I liked him, but I thought he was a tight end. Mm. Like that was that was when I see it. Yeah, it's too easy to lean in my own hubris. Like his profile looked like Kelvin Benjamin. So far, he's had a Kelvin Benjamin like NFL <laughs> career arc. Like he's Kelvin Benjamin. It's not true, but I want to lean into it. He might be, and and Benjamin was the last rookie to do it and never do it again. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Deontay just kind of stole the show there. I think, speaking of liking repeats and returns, like, Deontay is the top 12 wide receiver currently from last year that's fallen out the top 12 this year. Anyone think that's slightly, like, a good value this year? This is the quarterback question. How much does the quarterback matter? Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> old Ben Roethlisberger, if, how much worth? <laughs> if, if, if Trubisky takes that job, I think you've seen Trubisky feed a wide receiver. Uh, Allen Robinson. Yeah, and it will be Deontay. It will be Deontay Johnson that gets fed. Yeah. Yeah. If Pickett ends up there, who? I who knows? And that's the that's the the real big question is I don't I like and I, I'm will be the first to admit that as a quarterback uh, analyst, I am not the best. You you want to listen to a bunch of other people before you listen to me. Uh, when it when it comes to quarterbacks, because my quarterback evaluation is, does he run? Because if he runs, he'll be a good fantasy quarterback. Other than that, you know, we're we're all kind of pitching <laughs> against the tide, yeah. And and so with with Deontay Johnson, man, if if Trubisky gets that quarterback job, I think he's a sneaky top twelve again. If he doesn't, yeah. I, I think he could be too. Yeah. I also think we'll do some tight end breakouts just to lever that in there. <laughs> so who like, you got? Pat Faramuth, because again, he's kind of a discounted Kyle Pitts, and I get it, but like he's done everything Kyle Pitts has done in terms of my categories. And he's big, he's actually tight end size. <laughs> like Kyle Pitts, although Kyle he, Pitts is a big boy, he won't. He won't. He won't come to terms with uh, with Schultz being a, a a top five or six again this year. I, he, I, he's going to be. It's gross, but I, he's going to be. I have over a hundred targets, Peter. A low on him. Yeah, I mean, somebody's um, got to catch it there besides Lamb. So, no, 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 I, Lamb can take it all. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I, I do like Fairmouth. All the other tight end breakouts based on the trends fucking suck. I, don't know. God, I mean, I Goddard. Has um, I think Goddard for chance. top five breakouts interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really interested in Fairmouth. Goddard a little bit. Um, he's normally well priced, though, to be honest. Yeah. But um, Hunter Henry would be a return, unfortunately. But that's what I was looking at that made me think of it. I have Hunter Henry. Like, I mean, it's I take him like in every best ball draft. It's sick. He's I just all, can't help it. All the red zone in New England is Hunter Henry. Like that's, that's Hunter that's, Henry and Evan Ingram. That, that's Max. Max, yes. Max. first look is is Henry. So. Peter, like I literally have that on like eighty percent of my underdog team. <laughs> yeah, I shared that in one of our group chats, and you were like, "Same, <laughs> dude." I just can't, and it's like. I'm it's doing like something ADP right. 150, <laughs> and I think Ingram's like 180. So they're going like 15th round or what, 13th through 15th round? It's it's crazy. No, the reason yeah, I yeah. get Ingram is sometimes I forget to draft the, that second tight end. I'm like, oh shit, who's left? And Ingram's always there, and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not... Yeah, him and Ingram, and Henry and Ingram hit earlier in their career, and I just can't get off of it because of that. Like I feel like. I, yeah, I just same can't get thing. 
Well, like and, Kyle Pitts on an in an alternate universe kind of a, uh, and Ingram yeah. had the had the profile too. Like Ingram had that athleticism and the like. It, Henry, I kind of shrugged at, but like Ingram, man, he like everything that you want, everything that you're looking at in a in a tight end. Like that's I always go back to when when Kyle Lebrecht and I were doing the dummies and and he had his he had what he called a cheat sheet which was basically like metrics like he just plugged in he, he does numbers i don't do i do numbers at work so i don't have to do numbers in fantasy <laughs> football and and he would just churn out tight ends by the athleticism metric he's like okay you should draft kittle okay you should draft Ingram. you should you know it's just like all right cool and and Pretty so much. he just hit on I, it's Trey McBride this year. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. that one. Yep. Yeah, I mean he goes really late in drafts too, in rookie drafts especially, right? Especially He's, this rookie class, it's like I, I just maybe yeah. draft that tight end, <laughs> just bite the bullet, ride that year out. It's the first time the tight end one is like appropriately priced, so like I love it. <laughs> Except until, as always, until they get on a team, and then you're like, ah. Oh, Yeah, who was that guy that you drafted in our rookie draft that we're in that league together, Peter? And you got all David that crap for it? Huh? David Bell. David Bell. Oh, that's right. Oh, you're going to be happy I got with that, though. You're I know. I, I was like, I got a that. good pick. What's the problem? No, because I, I took him above ADP, but I was like, I don't think he's making it back to me in my next pick, I, so I'm not letting him go past. <laughs> I, I, I have got him. I think he's, he's probably my most drafted rookie is Bell because – he was my wide receiver three pre-draft. And so, like, I still take him at the end of the first round. I mean, I will try That's to trade That's where Peter back. took him, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try and trade back if I want a player I know I don't have to take there. But with rookie drafts, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not, not <laughs> drafting who I want. It's a rookie draft. <laughs> no, just get your you guy. Know, I will just yeah. take that guy. Yeah. Um, no, nah, that went back and forth for a while. I wasn't trying was to be funny. flippant, but I was like, because <laughs> a minute nah, I made he was in my pick, queue, so was like David Bath Bell, LOL. I was like, oh no. <laughs> this is where this is where you get back to whether your analytics are athlete, like athletic metric driven, or if they're numbers are. Because if you look at Bell with the with the athleticism, he's not. Like he's he's not, but if Honestly, you look his at production, looks good, mediocre, good. Um, until you look at the context for it, and you're like, oh no, this guy's great. It's just yeah. it, there's a reason that it looks slightly discounted. Well, and the the things that he does well, which are uh, get open against zones, are that's something that I specifically look at for. I mean, it's it's one of the things that my process has has started to really value because it that i mean that was why i was on cup that was why i was on jefferson that was you know and it's it's become this kind of archetype of of the player that is undervalued that i'm looking for is somebody who can attack a zone because it's kind of an art i mean all zones are cheats they are you're 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 playing an area and you're kind of passing off the the offensive player between you know, between your areas. And if as an offensive player, you can figure out 
when you've been passed off, but you're not to the next player and sit down in that, in that hole, there's a diagonal passing window for a quarterback. And, and if you can exploit that, especially as a wide receiver too, which David Bell will be, man, that's so valuable. You get a lot of junk defenses now. Teams are playing a lot of nickel. They got a lot of, you know, the, the smaller, you don't have the big linebacker anymore. You got the smaller corners and they're playing, they're playing junk defenses. And so you get that zone across the middle. Somebody like David Bell can, can do some damage. No, um, I took David Bell at 110, which was too high. Yeah. I had Sky Moore and Pickenstone on the board, as well as Watson and Dotson, um, and even Rashad White, who I do like in that range. But I know not to mess around in this league, and I just <laughs> I, I do want Rashad White, but I haven't been able to stump up from him anyway. So um, I, I knew David I wanted Bell, Bell and, I, and, I, and I knew I think I, I was wanted. like six or seven picks behind you. So yeah, <laughs> he wasn't going to make Bell it. Bell and I wanted. Pickens, uh, I wanted Bell and I wanted McBride, and I had the 110 and the 201, and no one would trade back. And I was like, if I mess around, I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm gonna lose one of them. So I just took Bell, thinking he was the late, least likely to fall, even though he would have, um, and and then took Trey McBride at the one 201. I reached on both of them, but like I, I offered, I think I'd have to go back and look. I tra- offered a trade to everyone below me of the next three picks, and no one was like. And, uh, so I was just like, well, I'm going to take the players I want. Immediately when I took that David Bell, immediately in cap, LOL. And, and McBride went <laughs> at 201? Yeah, I mean, yeah. two tight end premium, He, you got a good deal for him. I thought people, so. And, and maybe, I'm, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like people are getting really excited and overvaluing Watson and Sky Moore because of the landing spots and, and not – not valuing them because of the players they were like, and and I had Watson. I mean, Watson was my, my wide receiver nine, but with a caveat, because the, the, when I look at what he scored in, you know, in my film notes and my film grades, he was really, really good at a few things like, like exceptional at a few things, but then everything else was not great. And so he scored fairly highly but not in not in a way that i liked if that makes sense and sky Moore, it's really easy to understand you look at his production numbers and they're awesome and then you look where he went and that's awesome because it's kansas city and it's really easy to go well that's that's great look at where do you look at where he came from because it was behind Dwayne s i do i do i think that's the difference because once you look at it and then it's probably exaggerated how good he is. Not that he wasn't great because he was in that offense, but it's yeah. probably exaggerated, you know? Um, and then I looked at Kansas City and I don't see great. I see, oh, Juju. And then that one guy who thinks that when he sees Kansas City, I'm a little low on Sky Moore. I still think he's pretty good. Um, I did hate letting go. Of, I hated, I hate giving up value, but I mean, if you can't trade back, I'm going to, in a rookie draft, I'm just gonna take, and they should know by now. I've done this consistently. <laughs> like I'm just gonna take it all. <laughs> but this mentality where you have to follow ADP, it's like stop it. Like yeah. just get your guys right. Like there's that. That's not fun, you know, when you have to do that. And so many, so many players are caught up in all of that. And like I joked that I've said this before, people are just making pretty rosters. They're not actually playing to win, you know. Like it's. Well, 
and if you if you followed ADP in twenty what was it twenty nineteen, you would have had Nikhil Harry, and you wouldn't have even sniffed AJ Brown because AJ right. Brown was going one oh eight, one oh nine, one ten. Same thing with the next year with Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson was going one oh seven, one oh eight, one oh nine. Like I got I have several teams where I got both of them. Because AJ Brown was my wide receiver one and Jefferson was my my two. Like, and, and it's not that I'm not saying that I know anything, but like I I will go with my evaluation. So like if you hear me talk about a player on a podcast, I'm drafting that player. Like the, the like when I talk about my rankings or or where I have players, like that's how I am drafting. It doesn't necessarily I get I get laughed at with, with ADP, but that's we're we're having fun with it. Now I'm getting my ass handed to me in that league as well, <laughs> so I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> now that was the league we drafted the year Andrew Luck uh, retired. Yes. yes, and that strongly kicked my ass because the waivers run and the first year it was all messed up, so I couldn't get a replacement till like the end of the year. So I just got trounced. And, and it's I've a been... two quarterback league, so you mm. gotta have you draft. Gotta have to. Yeah. And um, so I've been playing makeup since then. I got Lawrence last year, which has not helped. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's also full of really smart players. Again, they knew I. It's, it's hard in some of leagues right away. <laughs> I I have a rebuild like that, Peter, and I can't do anything because like no one will really give me the for the right value. I have Jonathan Taylor on a team that's just dust, and I cannot get anybody to give me anything that's worth it. Right? Like I'm looking for multiple firsts. And I no, nobody's given to me, so I'm like, mm. screw it, I'm just gonna hang on to him. Like I, I that's can't what's too much in this league. Uh, there are people that are willing to trade for win now. I've traded a lot of points players for some level of draft capital. I, I find it a really fun league, to be honest. So people in there know their stuff for sure, and they're kicking my ass. But like trades are available. I've been able to trade play, running backs that are scoring points and acquired, you know, youth and some picks. That's why I had two pretty close together right there, but. Um, yeah, I, I just haven't quite. Once Andrew Luck went and I traded all my value plays, I haven't hit on a lot. I've got Justin Jefferson, and uh, I've had no decent offers for him. Put it that way. <laughs> but it's That's also I mean, a heavy right? running back scoring league. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's weird scoring. Anything less we want to talk about? I think we covered a lot. I think we got through a lot. <laughs> I'm just checking. I haven't forgot something. <laughs> We'll be in the DMs later. Like we didn't talk about Colton. So. My my notes just say talk about Jarvis Landry. We covered that, so we're good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you stamp your Zachary stamp. Right, yeah, we kind sure of we, we didn't really do the debate with quarterback wide receiver. I mean, we touched on it. Like, is it the quarterback that makes a wide receiver, or vice versa? You know, so it's 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 kind of both. You know, I like I, I think. We didn't get to argue because we were both like both. <laughs> <laughs> no, and honestly, I've like come come to your side of the table. I'm coming around on it. I I do think that you know the difference between Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes was huge for Tyreek. So while Tyreek yeah. was great, he was really good. He was elite with Mahomes, and I think that's the difference, right? Baker with or uh, OBJ with Baker. Uh, yeah, different. Eli different Manning. Story. And no one ever thought this was possible. He lifted OBJ. Well, I mean, and we're going to find out with A.J. Brown going to 
Jalen. Honestly, that's what I'm excited about data-wise from 2022. We're going to get, I mean, it's not going to solve anything, but seeing Marquez in Arizona and seeing, um, I've forgotten all of them, Tyreek in Miami and uh, and all these wide receivers and quarterbacks move. Russell Wilson with, uh, so, like, that is going to be so interesting to see it play out and see if it fits any of our priors or if it all blows it up. I have no idea. Um, but I think it's really interesting. I'm glad to see you agree with me entirely on everything I've ever said. Um, Jacob, I really want to thank you for asking or and being willing to come on and talk to us about all, all of that because it was meant to be two subjects, and I just realized we basically talked about everything. So I really appreciate you sticking around because this was a long, long one as well. Um, and Zach, obviously, not no thank you. I just assume you're going to turn up. So that's that's <laughs> awesome. No, I really appreciate both of you guys. Um, where where can anyone find you if you want them to find you? <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Clutch Fantasy. That's that's it. I'm I'm not writing at the moment, but I, I definitely uh, get some hot takes out there. As you can see, when PFF <laughs> is dragging your hot takes, you, you probably you probably got somebody. So that's how you know you've made it. Like <laughs> the, the people make fun of my takes on PFF. <laughs> um and Zach. I mean, I, I'm I'm here. I'll be here again tomorrow, Peter, with you. I'm 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 pretty much a fixture at this point. I don't I don't yeah, know. I, <laughs> at Tess of Assassin thirteen, and uh... that's my turnaround for editing a podcast. This will be out tonight. Don't worry about it. Perfect. Um, yeah, well, we see you in the Dynasty Grind Wednesdays at nine thirty, and Zach is at Tess of Assassin thirteen on Twitter. Really appreciate it, guys. Thanks. So much. Cheers, Peter. Yeah. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a pole, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye, eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.